Christ's mission is our mission. There's a reason why our call to share Christ and his gospel is called the Great Commission. Not just another commission. It is the greatest task you will ever be assigned. Do you know that the tremendous blessing of helping somebody walk from darkness into light is an opportunity that we will never have again after we die? Never. There's no lost people in heaven. There's no need for evangelism. You have one chance to be a part of the work of Christ in saving someone's soul. And you're living in that chance right now. Amen. Well, again, welcome. I'm really, really grateful you're here. We are going to be in a couple of places today, but we're going to start in Matthew chapter 25. So if you want to find your way there, get out your Bible, grab your uh, notes on your bulletin. So these are going to become even more important as we get into our small group season because this is your prep for small group when you meet during the week. All right, we're going to come back around to that again uh, here in just a second. But you will need to fill these out. You'll want to take notes as you go, fill them out so you can be prepared because small groups are based on the text we talk about on the Lord's Day. So, so let me give you a couple of things to think about, and they're all on your bulletin. Uh, well, most of them. First of all, we normally have our prayer team meet on the first and third third, uh, Sunday evenings of the month. We are not going to meet tonight. We met on the first week. We had night of prayer last week, and with this being a holiday weekend, we are not going to have our prayer team meet. So uh, if you were anticipating coming, uh, save that for the first Sunday of, oh, do I even want to say it? No, this is the first Sunday, isn't it? Save it for the third Sunday. Come on. Um, small group season, all right, begins September 11th. We say that because it goes with the Sunday sermon. So next Sunday begins small group season. It's going to run for two months, eight weeks. We would, we want you in a small group. Please, please, please. If I could find a way to say it other than please, I would force everybody to be in a small group. It's so important to your spiritual growth and your discipleship as a follower of Jesus. You need to be in a small group. I can't even see all of your faces, which is fine with me. Well, nothing personal, but um, I... I you need to be in a small group, whoever you are. It is super important. I cannot overemphasize that fact. It is a place where you grow. It's part of what we do at Coastal, right? We connect, we grow, and we serve. And we're, we want you to be involved with other people. It's where you're going to get to know people on an intimate basis. It's just really, really, really important. So please, 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 whatever you do, get in a small group. So you can do that. You can get the Grow Booklet. You can uh, follow up, look through there, find a place that's near to you. you. If you're at the Hampton campus, you don't have to go to a Hampton small group, okay? Uh, the sermon questions that we write each week are based on the text, and we all preach the same text. The sermons are, of course, different as we prepare them, but it's the same text. So you can be involved in a small group. Get in a small group. If you live in Newport News, we have lots of them up there, Yorktown, whatever. We have several, uh, two that meet, one, one right here on the campus, or two right here on the campus, another one here in Hampton. So we have a number of them. Find them in the Grow Booklet, get on them, get on your app, and use the small group finder, okay? 
Okay, enough about that. Hampton Picnic. So we are having a picnic for our campus. The Hicks family is hosting this for us at their home. You can sign up. There is a preferred way, and that is the sign-up sheet that's out in the foyer area in the lobby. Uh, get on there, put your name down, because they would like us to help provide the food, okay? We're, the church is going to provide fried chicken, I think, and then uh, if you can bring along uh, some side dishes. So those are on there. You can email elise.hicks at gocoastal.org. You can also put it on your trusty Connect card and say, I want to come to that picnic. Uh, but uh, let us know, please, please, please. It's this Saturday, so... Uh, don't miss, 1 to 4 in the afternoon. And then lastly, We Are Coastal. I'm going to come back around to that again, too, because we have one coming up in two weeks. If you are not yet a member of Coastal, uh, and even if you are, and it's been a long time since you went to We Are Coastal, come to We Are Coastal. It is worth the time. If you're not a member, it gives you everything you need to know to make an informed decision about being a member of Coastal. You get to meet our staff, and we'll have lunch together. We'll have a lot of information we'll give to you. It lasts from noon until like 3 o'clock. It's a long uh, afternoon, but it's one and done. You don't have to come any more than that one time, and we'll explain all the rest of the details of membership, of which there are not a lot. Uh, at that time. Okay? All right, I said this is going to be a little different, so a little extra on those, and then I want to talk today about membership that that makes a difference by being invested. I read a lot about church life and trends in church ministry, and I see a lot of people uh, venting frustration about the church, right? It doesn't do enough of this, and it doesn't do enough of that. And my purpose in this series, as Marcus and I have been preaching, was to remind you that the church is not, we're not like the organization that does stuff. The church is us. The church is people. So if we want our church to be more effective, we need to be more effective as members of the church. And so that has been our intention. We've talked about servanthood and unity and being good followers. And today I want to close this off by talking about a member that's invested. So we are going to talk in very detailed fashion about serving and the importance of serving. Pardon me while I move things because I can't just stand in one spot. That's crazy. Um, so you are going to need your Bible, mostly. But you are also going to need your phone at a couple of spots because I'm going to say the same thing like three times so that nobody can miss it. Uh, members that are invested. And I want to begin by reading something that really grabbed me because I feel like I've experienced it. This is uh, written by a fellow who's referring to his younger years. He said, it was a big deal for this young boy living in this small southern town. I didn't know what a country club was, but I knew one was coming to town. It included a swimming pool, a dining area, and meeting rooms. The owners also promised to build a small golf course, and that's a promise they would fulfill a couple of years later. Now, don't get the wrong impression, this country club was not the typical upscale club we often envision. It was really a small private enterprise trying to make a few bucks in a small town by offering a few amenities. But I was overwhelmed. My parents were middle class in income, so they could afford the small monthly fee. From my perspective, though, I thought I had made it. 
I could not go to a swimming pool. I didn't know of anybody who had their own pool in town, so that was exciting. I could order a burger from the dining area. I could, uh, and we could have birthday parties in the pool or the meeting rooms. I began to learn a lesson. Membership means perks. Membership means privileges. Membership means others will serve me. Just pay the going rate and you can have others taking care of you while you enjoy your life of leisure, at least while you're at the club. Tragically, he says, this understanding of membership is what many church members hold. It's an unbiblical view of membership. It is more aligned with country club membership. For them, membership's about receiving instead of giving, being served instead of serving, rights instead of responsibilities and entitlements instead of sacrifices. This wrongful view of membership sees the tithes and offerings as membership dues that entitle members to a list of privileges and expectations. So I'm going to do my best to step all over all of our corporate toes today. If I don't do it, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. But uh, Man, it is really, really important that we get the right perspective, right? We want to have the right perspective on what it means to be a member of a church. I've said it, I know I say it every once in a while, so I'll say it again. My goal at Hampton is not to attract a crowd. It's to stage an army. We are here to get in here, get to work, reach this community with the gospel of Jesus. So our perspective is, first of all, it is not a country club, right? We are not here because we want to get these, these perks or privileges. Well, I'm a member here, so I should. If you start a sentence with that, you're probably headed down the wrong path. It is about responsibilities, not rights. I have pastored in churches where there were fights and arguments over things like the color of carpet, or whether or not the organ should or should not be used, or whether the music wasn't the right volume or the right style or whatever it was, right? I have been, I have served in churches like that where it is about my rights, because after all, I'm a member. Remember, preacher, I pay your salary. Your vote and your rights is not what you should focus on. A church is not a democracy. Listen, there are a lot of places, a lot of churches in our country that view church like a, a government, like our, our national government, a, a representative government of the people, by the people, for the people, right? That's not what a church is designed to be. I served in a church one time where a, a, a deacon came on to that group. They were, the, they were the leadership group in that particular church. And he came in and he said, I told myself I was going to represent the people to this board well when I came on. And I looked at him and said, that's not what you're here to do. Now, Coastal is built on a model of church that has pastors and elders who serve God and serve their people by leading them well. We don't have lots of meetings. In fact, we avoid business meetings like almost the plague. We have one or two times a year when we get together. And even lately, a lot of that's done online. I don't want you to sit in meetings partly because meetings engender strife. 
Uh, I've served in churches before where we had sometimes monthly business meetings. It was like slivers under your fingernails, right? It is the place where everybody comes and they just want to vent and they want to do it in front of the rest of the group. I used to stop our meetings. We'd start them at whatever time. Within two hours, I'd quit, even if I was in mid-sentence, because all fights start after two hours in a business meeting. They're awful. I hate business meetings. We have arranged coastal in what I believe is the most biblical pattern. God calls us to have elders and pastors who lead us, and everybody else is just free to serve. Don't get bogged down with having to vote on everything and figure everything out. Trust the leaders God has put in place. It is it is not about your rights, it's about your responsibilities. Thirdly, it's not about investment, it's about, it's, it is about investment, it's not about your return on your investment. Now, we're not as thrilled about the return on our investments currently, but the theory is you, you invest and you get a return on your investment, and that's really important. And the higher your return, the better off you are. And you'll put a little more in if you get a little more return. That's not what church was designed to be. You should get something out of church. It should challenge you. It should spur you on to greater growth in the things of God. It should provide you opportunity to develop relationships that give you accountability and friendship. Church should offer you opportunities to serve and use your gifts to honor God. Which sounds an awful lot like a long sentence saying we connect, grow, and serve, right? That's what you should get from church is opportunities like that. Get a grow booklet. Get in a small group, right? Be faithful in church attendance. Not regular. Uh, a couple years ago, I saw a Barna poll that said that regular church attendance is now considered once or twice a month. So please, don't be regular in your church attendance. Be faithful in church attendance. Be here unless for some reason you just cannot reasonably do so. We get it. You know, things come up. I understand. We're not legalistic about it, but... You need to be here, and furthermore, your brothers and sisters who sit in this room need you to be here on the Lord's Day. Get in a small group. Pastor Mike said it in the video. I said it earlier. Grab a book. I want to see, where'd it go? I want to see this whole stack of books gone, all right? If you're not in a small group, please get in a small group, all right? We're going to talk about the last one today. Serve. We're going to talk about ways to get engaged. And I want to begin now in Matthew chapter 25. We're going to talk about the gifting that God gives us, and we're going to begin by talking about the owner of the gifts. Jesus gave this parable to describe for his disciples what it was like to follow after God and to serve him. And he said, it's like a man Going on a journey, this is chapter 25 of Matthew, verse 14. It's like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. God has given you power of attorney over his, the giftedness that he has placed in you. What does that mean? Years and years ago, my 
Uh, my dad's brother, his older brother, went to another country for about two years with his job. When he left, he made my dad power of attorney over all of his estate. That did not mean that my dad had the freedom to do whatever he wanted with all of my uncle's estate, right? He may have had the legal ability to do that, but that's not what power of attorney is for. It was so that my dad would take care of the estate of my uncle in his absence in the way that my uncle would have done it were he at home. That was the point of him having power of attorney. Even after the gifts are given, they belong to the giver. So whatever it is your gifts are, and we talk about this at We Are Coastal, which you should come to in two weeks if you're not part of Coastal yet. We talk about the gifts. We talk about your fit at Coastal, because I am totally convinced that there is a place for everybody to serve. Our goal is just to make sure that we get everybody in their place. God determines how to distribute the gifts. In fact, in another uh, primary chapter, there are really four of them in the scriptures that talk about the gifts. In uh, chapter 12 and verse 11, it says God gives them just as he determines. He is the one who gives, and he expects an investment. So, so in the same thing, let me just drop down and read something. It's not going to be on your screen. In verse 19, we're told in this same parable, now, after a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts. There came a time when in the parable, the master came back and said, okay, I've given you my stuff. What have you done with it? That's what God will do. Second Corinthians chapter five talks about the judgment seat of Christ. Romans chapter 14 and verse 12 says, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now, sometimes we use that as our excuse so that nobody else can say anything to us about what we're doing. Well, I give account of myself to God. I don't answer to you. But what that verse is intended to say is, don't forget, you give account to God for what you're doing. God expects us to invest the gifting that he has given us for his glory. That's the, the owner of the gifts. Secondly, the gifts that are given. Now I want to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'll begin reading in verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. A variety of gifts. I'm not going to take time. It would take too long to go through it with too much specificity. But So 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. 1 Peter 4. So it's 12, 12, 4, 4 are the chapters. You just have to remember the books, right? The street. 1 Corinthians, Romans, Ephesians, 1 Peter. They talk about varieties of the gifts, and they give them in a lot of pretty specific format. They talk about ministering and teaching and giving and showing mercy and leading and evangelism and pastoring and shepherding and all sorts of specific things that God has gifted his people to do. We also have a variety of talents and abilities that God has given to us. And through the implementation of our spiritual gifts, we use the talents and abilities God has given to us. 
There's no specific spiritual gift of singing or of playing in the New Testament. But you can use that as you lead God's people in worship. You can use it with an administrative mindset and a, and a management kind of mindset to help coordinate and organize. That is true in every ministry we have. We use our spiritual gifts to drive the talents and abilities that God has given to us. Again, in our We Are Coastal class, we talk about this. We want you to find out what you're passionate about. We want you to find out what you're good at. We want you to find out how God has gifted you. And when we can bring all those things together, man, you can flourish in ministry. So, gocoastal.org forward slash Hampton, imagine that, forward slash serve. Or if you have the Coastal app, and after all the times I've said get the Coastal app, I hope you have the Coastal app by now. Because when I open up my Coastal app, I see grow in small groups. I see a scrolling thing that tells me the announcements for this week that I gave to you earlier. The second thing I see without scrolling at all says virtual involvement fair. I click on that and it takes me to gocoastal.org forward slash Hampton forward slash, well, not Hampton yet. Then I have to scroll to the bottom because if you get on that page, don't get confused, don't do the drop down, it doesn't work. Scroll to the bottom of the page, there are four little blocks that say your campus, serve opportunities at your campus. Our campus is Hampton. I click on Hampton. I did this earlier so I know there are more than 20 specific opportunities. We need people to serve in children's ministry. Today we have officially expanded children's ministry, now not just infants through third grade, but up through fifth grade. This week we are beginning a middle school Bible study. We need people to help in those things. We have expanded them, trusting God to provide us all the leaders we need. It's really important that we offer those things. We have people in those age groups coming to our church campus. We need people in our children's ministry. We need people in our media and production ministry. We need people to serve in first impressions. As our church continues to grow, we're going to need people to just be out in the parking lot and help us not to run into each other and find spots to be, right? There are spots for all kinds of things. If you can take pictures or do video, we can use you. There are a ton of things. Scroll down through there and every block has a learn more or read more, uh, see details. And it'll tell you what it takes. If you offer to be a helper in the nursery, you can pick one Sunday a month if you want to. Now, I would love it if you'd pick two because we've got people down there doing three Sundays a month right now. But you can find out details, you can click on it for information, and somebody will get to you and help you figure out, is this a place for me? All right? If it's children's ministry, there are background checks. We do everything with a, the utmost concern for the safety of our children. So please understand that. I need you to serve. GoCoastal.org forward slash Hampton forward slash serve. All right? The recipients. Now, here's the part where it may sound a little bit um, like I'm not being encouraging, 
it is not about us as the recipients, right? Because the recipients are really nothing to speak of. First Corinthians chapter one says, consider your calling brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. And I read verses like that and I'm like, he's talking about me. <laughs> God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. That's super encouraging to me. I don't have to be the best or the brightest. I have to be willing to serve. God will take your willingness to serve. That doesn't mean serve in some area you hate because that's our goal. Let's make ourselves all as miserable as possible because misery loves company, right? That's not what we want. We want you in a place where you fit. But don't feel like you have to be the best in town at that particular thing to be able to serve God. God will enable your service. We are clay pots is the description in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. God has taken this treasure and put it in clay pots. My wife is a big flower fan and decorating fan. She loves to do all of that stuff. It's not very often. Every once in a while, we'll be somewhere and she'll be like, man, I really like that pot. I want to get that and use it. But for the most part, it's about the flowers, right? Nobody walks into your house, usually anyway, and says, man, you have the nicest flower pots. I mean, who cares? What do they hold? They hold the thing that's really important. They hold the plants and the flowers and the things that everybody wants to see. We have this treasure in earthen vessels for a reason, so that the excellency of the power may be from God and not from us. Do you feel a little inept? Get in line. Those are the people God uses best. Those are the people who best reflect the wonder of who God is. And thirdly, how are we to perform? It's not performance. I get that, but it fit the acrostic. So how are we to carry out our activities? What are we supposed to do? We are to be diligent. Now I'm going back to Matthew chapter 25. As he came back and was talking to them, we're, we're told after the master went away, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with him and made five more. So he also had made the two talents, had been given the two talents, went and made two more. They were responsible to be faithful with what they were given. One hundred percent faithfulness. When the reward time came later, what happened? The one who had five and got five more was simply told, well done, enter into the joy of your Lord. When the one who was given two to start with came back with two more, he had six less than the first guy now. But the response and the reward was, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. It's not about the giftedness I have. It's about the faithfulness and diligence with which I employ the gifts God has given me. We are to do it wholeheartedly. Whatever you do, including the use of your gifts before the Lord, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. We serve as unto the Lord.
So diligence and dependence or interdependence, you could put. We are dependent on one another. So I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians 12, and I don't have time to spend a lot of time here, but I love the picture that's here. So I'm just going to read, starting in verse 12 down through 26. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of one body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we're all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, and we're made to all drink of the same spiritual drink, of one spirit. For the body doesn't consist of one member, but many. The foot, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Now, that sounded really, really ridiculous until Monsters, Inc. came out, right? <laughs> and Mike Wazowski saying, I've got my eye on you. God has brought us all together in this thing called his body, and we each have a place. I love, I'm going to jump down to the end of it. Verse 25 says, It is that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. We don't get to say we don't need each other. We need each other. Christianity is not an individual sport. I was just reading this week uh, about golf, this incredibly individual sport, right? One person gets up there. If he swings good, he wins. If not, not so much. They have a whole team of people. They have people that help them physically. They have people that help them mentally. They have people that check their clubs all the time. They have people that work on their feet, in the world, they have teams of people. Some of them spend a million dollars a year hiring staff. They bring a chef with them who makes sure they have the right food. What in the world? It's not an individual sport. Christianity certainly is not. Paul talks to the Philippians about putting our shoulders side by side, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's Christianity. That's what God gives us gifts for, so we can serve together. We are dependent on one another, a place for everyone and everyone in their place. And we think about each other first. See, the world says you got to be sure you get what's coming to you. The gospel says we're going to make sure you don't get what's coming to you. Right? And it is our job and our responsibility to band together to be as effective as we can so that this whole community can know that. It's not just a place to show up, it's not just a chance to be here and say, I went to church. What is that website again? GoCoastal.org forward slash Hampton forward slash serve. Please go there. 
see if God will prompt your thinking as you scroll down through. I think there are 22 or 23 things. Listen, so many of you are already serving, and I, I totally get that, and I am so incredibly humbled. We have people in this church, at this campus of Coastal, that are serving three times a week. They're trying to figure out a way so that they and their spouse can worship together once a month. They are overdoing it. And we say, please don't do that. And they say, no, really, I really feel it's what God wants me to do. Man, I would love for everybody to be able to serve once a month or twice a month in something. I need you to engage. Some of you are over-engaged. I get it. And if you're not, man, let us help you figure it out. Nothing is a life sentence at Coastal. I know people, listen, I, I grew up in, in a background of churches where you signed up to be a Sunday school teacher. You were that until you died. It's just what you did. I'm the third grade Sunday school teacher. What else do you do? I don't need to do anything else. How long have you been doing it? 39 years. Great. If God puts something on your heart and you want to do it until the day he takes you home, do it. But we're not putting you into it with that in mind. We want to get you where you are best fit to serve. So let me ask you some questions as we get ready to close this out. One is this. Are you a genuine follower of Christ? Because if you're not, you cannot be a member of a church that matters. In fact, you can't be a member of Coastal at all. We will ask for your testimony. How do you know for sure that you're a follower of Jesus? When is it that you repented of your sin and believed in the gospel and, and then received Christ? When did that happen? Tell me about that. Because it's vitally important. If that's never happened to you, can I, can I give you again the facts of the gospel? Jesus, God the Son, came and lived the perfect life that you and I could never live, no matter how hard we try. He lived here for a few decades, and at the end of his life, they took him and they tortured him and they murdered him. He died paying the penalty for the sin of all who would put their faith in him. On the third day, he came back to life again, actually came back out of the grave. Incredible, right? That's the gospel. I repent of my sin. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I, you know, I don't know anybody that doesn't admit that anymore. In fact, I know people that are like proud of it. I talked to a guy one time said, hey, listen, let's do a deal. He said, how about you and I switch? I'll go be a pastor for a while and you come do my thing for a while. I said, really? He said, nah, I have too much fun being a sinner. We, we all know there's something in us that knows I'm, I fall short. I, I maybe don't fall short as Joe Schmo over here. He's worse than I am, but that's the only comfort we get, right? We know somebody that does worse than us. That's not what the gospel's about. The gospel is nobody can get there on their own, but everybody can get there through Jesus. So we repent of our sin, we believe in the gospel, we receive Christ, we trust him as our only hope of salvation. If that's never happened to you, man, there's a thing I'm sure on the tear-off that says, I want to know more about accepting Jesus as my Savior. We'll get a hold of you, let's talk. Talk to one of the folks that will be down here after the service. Say, I don't know what he was talking about. They will be thrilled 
to show with you, show you how you can know your sins are forgiven, you're on your way to heaven. Second question, have you been baptized? We haven't had a baptism yet at Coastal and Hampton. I'm really anxious for that day to come because the first step after you trust in Jesus is to publicly identify yourself as a follower of Jesus, and you do that in the baptistry. And we, we just put you down under and back up really quickly, I promise. And it is a picture of something that has already happened inside of you that you've trusted in Christ. It's a picture of you being buried and raised to newness of life. And it identifies you as a follower of Jesus, and it gives your church family a chance to rejoice with you and welcome you and embrace you as part of the family. If you've never done that, put it on your Connect card. Say, I really want to do that. There will be a baptism opportunity coming up here in the next few months. Lastly, are you a member? It seems a little self-evident, but it would be hard to be a member that makes a difference if you aren't actually a member, right? Come to We Are Coastal. Coming to We Are Coastal does not obligate you to become a member, right? It's not something you have to do, and it doesn't automatically make you a member. There are a few other really small steps. That's just the biggest one. Come to We Are Coastal, September 18th. We started basically once church is out, noon. There's food, there's childcare provided. I know of maybe a half a dozen people that are coming as it stands. I'd love to fill up the fellowship hall. It'd be great. Come to We Are Coastal. Become a member of Coastal. Get engaged. Listen, there are exciting days ahead of us. I can't tell you. When I came here, I came from a campus of Coastal that was just about ready to just explode in attendance and has done so since then. Coastal Gloucester had more people in church last Sunday than they have ever had, including any Easter services they've had. 268 people. That building seats 150 max, according to the fire code. They're now holding three services. And I came here in the first two weeks. We had 25 of us in here ready to serve and worship the Lord. Last Sunday, we had almost 90. I'm thrilled to death. But I'm not thrilled just because there's more numbers, right? Because it is not about drawing a crowd. It's about staging an army. So get engaged. Man, God will bless you, and you will bless other people as you serve God and get faithful in what he has called us to do together. Can you sing? Talk to Rachel. Can you serve in children's ministry? Talk to Marcus. Can you play an instrument? Can you work in media? Listen, connect with that stuff on the virtual involvement fair at where? GoCoastal.org forward slash Hampton forward slash serve. I hope that's ingrained in your head. It's been part of my intention. Man, for those of you who are already here, who are already in that spot, and thanks for your service. Coastal would not go forward the way it does with me and Marcus and Rachel and Elise alone. We don't have enough to make this happen. We get that. Coastal would not do what Coastal does on its staff alone across our campuses. It is our volunteers that are so effective. And we are so incredibly grateful. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you are engaged in ministry and you're serving, 
we are really, really appreciative. We know that it takes uh, an extra dose of commitment to work all week long for those of you who do that and then show up at your small group and show up at church and show up and be engaged in a ministry. We understand that's a significant commitment, but we believe it's what God asks of all of us. So we provide as many opportunities as we can. All right, listen, I'm going to, we're going to read this prayer together. So this is the, the last one of this bunch, a prayer to take home today. So we're going to pray this together. Our worship team's going to come back. I'm going to close in prayer after this, and we're going to go out rejoicing. All right, let's say this together. God, give me the grace and humility to take up my responsibility to serve you in this church with my whole heart to become a partner with my leaders and do everything within my power to enable Coastal to grow in its effectiveness for your kingdom as we move into the next season of our ministry. I want to be a member that's invested. Father in heaven, that is the cry of our hearts this morning. What an incredible thing, Lord, that you give us the privilege of serving you and it impacting people for the gospel. Lord, it's, it's really overwhelming to us because we, we look at ourselves and we, man, I look in the mirror and I, f I feel like I'm a clay pot. I don't, I don't feel like I have much to offer. I don't, I don't have much to bring except my offer of worship and praise to you. And we know it's not much, but oh Lord, I pray that you would give us the, a sense of the joy and anticipation of what it is to serve would you be pleased to use Coastal Hampton and our church family as a whole across Coastal to make a difference in the lives of countless people? For we ask in Jesus' name, amen.